Okay, so the importance of being earnest. Um, one of the things I thought was interesting about the story is the tone of it. And throughout the whole thing, of course, it's satire and everything. But it has a strangeness to it, and it's found in this. And it's a, a strained politeness. Um, and, of course, politeness is typical of 17th century England. But I think this it's strained because of the social irony um, that develops in the relationship of Jack and Algernon. Um, because politeness is intended as a social construct to restrict improper conduct or uh, bad behavior. And it, in, in a way, imposes a moral code on society. But the irony is, like with all this structure in society, is that shown by Algernon and Jack, despite their former upbringing and education, they were able to forge false identities, ignore any moral code of conduct, and please their worldly desires, and still... Um, suppose a public face of politeness, which is not good when your whole society is based on this idea of structure, and you have these characters who completely flip it on its head. Um, so here's the problem, is that politeness can be put on as an act, and no matter what it does. Um, and so, that, so here's the irony, is that politeness is supposed to restrict the bad behavior and the bad conduct but within the novel or the the story it's actually sustaining the problem by allowing them to put on a face and keeping them in their bad behaviors so uh, what do you guys think about that idea i agree with what you're saying like if you like for they're like lying to you sound like versus like it, it's much more better to be honest in the situation like Ernest like if he had just been honest from the get-go like it probably would have worked out better for him but he said he kept on trying to like keep that fake identity going and stuff which only created like more issues more chaos, more chaos yeah and Algernon with like what he did like how he like kind of went behind his back it would have been much better like for them both it could have worked something out if he had just been more straightforward yeah if he had been straight up and told him he was interested in um and what they were doing. Yeah, with yeah. yeah. And the thing that like you hit on was that I think they didn't they forged these false identities because they were afraid in a way, or and may or were felt threatened by um, the social aspect of it. Like they didn't want to reveal themselves in that kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is a good thing because you don't want people just blurting out this. Well, you might actually be so you can criticize it. But I think that um, do you know? Do you know what I'm kind of saying? Yeah, but like okay. it comes with kind of the time period. And the time mm-hmm. period back then, it was much more, like it wasn't really acceptable to be with people of different classes. Like that's why he has to put on the show, like be like Ernest and like, how like Ernest is a kind of representative of like a higher class, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. Just, and so the behavior was almost spurred on by the social propriety mm-hmm. of that kind of idea. Yeah. Marshall, you have any comments on it? So um, going back to kind of what you were saying about the tone, um, I think it's just kind of like why the play was successful because like right before it it says that it is absolutely essential to the success of this piece that it should be played with the most perfect earnestness and gravity throughout directly the actors show that they are conscious of the absurdity of their utterance the piece begins to drag so it's just saying like it's obvious that um the um people are realizing that the politeness is all show and it doesn't really 
they don't really care about what they're saying, but that's why this book is meant to, or not book, this play is meant to be funny, just because of how actually absurd it is. So, the success of the play is that it shows the irony of this whole aspect. Yeah. It's not, it's not trying to show Hide irony, it. like, subtly. So you're, it's, is, so you're saying, like, this is the purpose of the, yeah. of the thing. It's just to show flat out how, how <laughs> it, what the social construct is. It's not trying to sugarcoat anything. Hmm. Okay. Well, and I guess in a way that you're right, like, the t- I read it as tone, but you read it as kind of, like, that's why it is. That's the purpose mm. of it. Huh. That's really interesting. Um, well, I guess that kind of brings up. I, th- I thought it was yes to convey like a satirical view of society, but um, maybe I also thought like another thing about it was these guys, these figures, um, grow up being polite and doing all these things, and it almost makes them like not men in a way. Like it almost brings up the question like if these guys are behaving in this way, and this is what society society raises up these these guys to be. Um, like, I think as, as much of a play on politeness and how it's ineffective, I think it's almost like a play on what it means to be a man in society. Um, what do you guys think about that? Because these guys, they're, like, they don't treat porn right. Um, they don't, they're not secure enough in their identity that they have to create a false one. Um, so they're obviously not strong enough to go out in society and forge themselves in a way um, that would be admirable or things that you would hold up to a man. Um, do you guys kind of see what I'm saying? Because yeah. it's, it's almost deconstructing the idea of... I think what the author is kind of going for is he's trying to hit home a few points of, like, what a man should be and he's, what satire is doing. He's, like, using satire to show, like, how ridiculous... He's, like, exemplifying the issues by making it even more ridiculous than it actually is. Like, most men aren't going to, like, create entire fake identities and just completely disregard women. But he makes them, like, over the top to, like... Like, like exemplify his points. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So it's exaggerated. Mm-hmm. It's exaggerating everything through satire. Hmm. Or what do you want? I mean, I would say it's kind of making fun of men and women. Like men are kind of like supposed to be known for fighting through scenarios, even if they get dealt a bad hand to power through. Yeah, and like being but, really straightforward and bold about things. Yeah, not not trying to hide and in, in in anything. But um, I think it's also making fun of women in a way. Like I guess it was um. Gwendolyn, who said she couldn't marry someone by the name of Jack. Yeah. Just like how sometimes they can make a big deal over something that's nothing. And I think he's just trying to make fun of... The author was just trying to make fun of as many people as he possibly could (laughs) in one play. Gotcha. So, almost as much in the purpose of the novel. Um, So, would you say that both of these are kind of the purpose of it? Like, it shows how politeness is ineffective, but it also shows how... um, how would you say it? Social roles, I um, guess. So, yeah. Social are, general roles. Or how how people perceive positions in society, and like man, men's position and women's position, it's kind of making fun of all that in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yes. So he's trying to accomplish as many things as possible. So, but I, but here's a problem: is that I think that um, the true men, true men, are polite in a way they're, they're gentlemen and that's the thing that society tries to impose is um, a moral code and I mean as a Christian school uh, I believe that I mean we have a moral code found in Christianity and truly following that code it produces uh, a gentleman in men it produces uh, a warrior 
in a way who stands for the gospel and truth. Um, and in that way, I think that a moral code needs to brought change needs to come always from the inside out and bottom to top. I don't know if you guys would agree with that. Like, um, society can't impose um, morals on somebody. You see what I'm saying? Like, it always has to come. The change has to come within a person, and then it, and then it, and then like they're a gentleman versus society's other environment saying, "Hey, you need to be a gentleman, and this is like what you need to do." Like it, it, rules and codes. You see right. the difference? What I'm saying. Yeah, and I would say like um, I guess it's Doctor Chaswell. How? how Chaswell. Yeah, Chas- he's the tutor, right? Yeah. yeah. However you say that, he was kind of the one who just would always seem polite and kind of what you would think of as a gentleman. Didn't try to have fake identity. Um, they're just kind to everyone, mm-hmm. and didn't didn't really do anything to offend anyone. Like have a second identity or. And he he, 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 just, he, he just kind of embraced his social class and went along with it. He felt no insecurity, you could say, by where he was at. Yes. And so he just did what he did. So I do think that also one thing that, of course, because in the whole tone of the novel is um, satire, is that he, uh, did you see how Mr. Chaswell, in a way, was kind of like being assertive of like one of the women in the novel? Uh, yeah, I did see that a little bit, but I think he was kind of the only one who people would listen to when he said something. Yeah, because he actually was confident in himself. Yeah, I would say confidence more than assertiveness. Assertiveness, yeah. yeah which I do think is true, because Dr. Chaswell, if you could compare him to Jack or Algernon, Jack and Algernon, if they were pursuing women, you could say they were they hit it. It was um, ulterior. It was a motive that they didn't voice. Um, versus Chaswell, who... Like, it was clear. Yes. Do you think that was a good thing? I think it was the right thing for him to do with the situations he was in. Gotcha. I think that Dr. Chadball is kind of like the one piece of the story that's not really designed to be satire. It's kind of supposed to be, like, the example of, like, what, what like, a good, like, man should be. Yeah, like, what, versus, like, the rest of them are, like... Like Fake, designed to like yeah they're effeminate. yeah they're designed to like each one has like a quality like each character pretty much like um Gwendolyn's mother is like um she just like shows like thinks too much of herself I guess she like looks down on like other people like just like a hierarchical mind. yeah she thinks she's like hierarchy Gwendolyn is like almost like a gold digger in a what in a sense because she only cares about like his name and I think that's what could be representative of money. Or stature. Or just, um, like, appearance. Yeah, appearance, always, yeah. Always about, the, like, the physical thing. Mm-hmm. Just not really to the core. Yeah. And always then, on the surface. Mm-hmm. And then Ernest, obviously, had to, like, do a fake identity to try to make himself look better. And then there's Dr. Chaswald, who is just, like, doesn't have any of those issues. He's, like, the he's, example. He's, like, a bastion. Yeah. Like, he, he stands for something in the novel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, like, a point of realism and all the exaggeration. Yeah. Because if you say something's wrong with something, then you have to present a way to fix it. You can't just be like, well, this sports team sucks, um, it's but e- they should keep doing what they're doing. Like, they should get a new coach. They should draft different types of players. It, so it's you, like, there has to be some kind of like way to correct pro- a problem. Can't, you can't propose a problem without a solution. Kind of like You have to... And Dr. Chaswell would be the solution. The solution there? Gotcha. I think that's great. Um, but... What are your thoughts on, like, if, if a guy like Mr. Chasble, um, 
like what does he look like? What does he represent? Like what does it mean um, to be a man in a way? Because um, obviously he has to have a code of conduct. What do you guys think that code is? Like is he? Do you think he'd be a Christian? Do you think that a true gentleman would be a Christian or an atheist? Because I mean you can just kind of tell like one person can say, hey, I know how to treat somebody because that's just just by observation. That's how you treat people. That's why you be polite is love your neighbor as yourself, and that's about it. But then there's another man who says, you know, I have a moral code and absolute truth found in Christianity. I'm going to treat this person like myself because God has loved me in that same way, and I'm going to make other people significant in that way also. So there's two different gentlemen in a situation. Um, who do you think would be the right one? I don't think there's necessarily a right or correct gentleman. Like, obviously, I believe in God, and that's how you should live your life. But um, I think they, if they stand for something, it doesn't really matter where they get it as long as they're confident in it. And it's Standing for the right thing in society. Yes, like Dr. Haswell kind of stands for being respectable to, um, by others. Gotcha. And um, whether he's a Christian or not, as long as he's bringing people together, I don't think there's a really correct way to be a gentleman. I see what you're saying. I think it's more to do with um, politics more so than religion in this instance. Like, it's like, at least nowadays. Like, nowadays, mm-hmm. like, lots of times gentlemen can be, like, By frowned appearance. upon. Yeah, but they can, they can be, like, frowned upon. Like, they hold a door for them and they, like, say, like, you know, you can't, you're not supposed to do that anymore. Some, some things like that. Like, they're supposed to be, like, oh. since women are more powerful now. Like, and that. Yeah, and so, like, versus, like, the Christian perspective, which isn't really in this as much, I think it's more of, like, just, like, the, like, back then it wasn't like that. Back then the gentleman was supposed to, like, take care of the woman and not worry about anything like that. They're supposed to, like, provide, and, like, that's more of what Dr. Chaswell does. Hmm. So he's more like upholding a belief. And with the teacher? I think... Okay, we're going with this. I think that prevailing throughout. I think that prevailing throughout the entire. Um, sorry. Can, can just restart. Just restart. Okay, gotcha. I think what you said, Dawson, about um, the whole idea of being a gentleman just for society's sake and preserving an appearance. I think in this novel that's definitely apparent because, really, when you think about it as kind of exaggerated in Jack and Algernon, that's what society raised them to be in appearance. And so I don't think it's maybe their fault that they turned out that way because that's what that was kind of expected of them, to preserve an experience, to preserve something. And then whatever else, whatever desires they had was kind of disregarded by society. But they were just kind of raised in that way. Like you can't really, like when it comes down to it, a lot of things about people, it comes down to upbringing and how they're raised. And I think that in a society that expects um, an appearance at all times, well, that's what you get. And the problem with that, I think, as one of the things that was um, conveyed in the novel or communicated, is that a society that expects an appearance will reap a society of ulterior motives that are wrong and evil, like below the surface. Mm-hmm. Like if, you, if a society that glosses things over at the core will have something that's bad, evil, wrong, yeah. if, if that would make sense. Yeah. But 
in this situation, of course, um, it makes exaggerates the roles of men and women. How do you think that men and women should behave in society? In like society, yeah, like the society, or or and 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 maybe in both. Like really, okay. Well, how about we correct the behavior and um, Gwendolyn and Jack and Algernon society and Victorian era society. Like how how Jack should be different or how Gwendolyn should be different. And then maybe we can connect that to, to where we are right now. Do you guys like that idea? Yeah, I think that um, Gwendolyn is like, the like Jack should be providing for Gwendolyn since he's the man, but Gwendolyn should still have like more power than what she, she would have in this instance. Like where like, she should be one hundred percent dependent on it. I don't think that's how it's supposed to be. Oh, like she needs to repose some of the stock in the situation. Yeah, like it's like perfectly fine for like a man to make all the money and the woman does be stay at home but if they need like if like if it's necessary necessity. yeah then woman can work or if she wants to it's her choice it's kind of like that that's how I think it should be it shouldn't be like you're gonna stay at home you're gonna raise the kids you're gonna do this it should be more freedom more balanced yeah in a way as if each character kind of complements each other in yeah. a way mm-hmm. yeah I totally agree um but then also when you think of Jack like as Jack as a as a guy like in the novel um I think either Jack or Adrian, I don't think either of them work, right? Do either of them work? I don't think so. I don't know. I think they just have a social status. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I don't really know how 19th or 17th century England works. Oh, man. But, um, this reminds me so much of a TV show I watched. Uh, what was it? Um, Jeeves. Jeeves and Worcester. Have you guys ever seen that? No. Okay, well, in Jeeves and Worcester, I think that's how it, how it is. Um... It's exactly this. It's a Jack, and it's a, it's a Jack, basically a Jack character, and he is a complete aristocrat. And it's in Victoria century. It's probably near World War One era, so eighteen nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, he's he is a millionaire, and yeah. he's a bachelor, and he is a drunkard, <laughs> and he goes around and he just parties, does whatever he wants, and he's the typical common fool. And I think that's pretty much what Jack and Algernon are rich stuck up frat boys who go around maintaining a public face and wasting their lives away because they really have no purpose because everything that they think um, should be the purpose in their life like money or pleasure or anything it's already provided for right and well I think that a man truly is somewhat of the opposite of that would you agree? yeah um and so I'll go ahead and make my own foil of this character of Jack or um, Jeeves. Is that I think a man should be. Let's see. Let's say bold in a way. Um, who fights his own vices. Who, like Jeeves and Jack, they, they want short term gratification at all times, you could say. Yeah. Um, but I think a truer man would put long term gratification in the long run. Um, I think that he would maintain a face that was polite, but he would also, in the situation, possess integrity enough to be confident. More fun comments? Yeah, um, sorry, I just lost my train of thought for a minute because <laughs> okay. all the background stuff going on, but, um, mm-hmm. like, it's okay, like, obviously most people aren't going to be have two completely different identities, but, like, I think it's okay for Jack to behave different around different people. 
like if he when he goes to the country he doesn't have to have a completely different name and completely different status but he could still potentially like act different maybe less formal not having to fake it as much rather than when he was with so the city like a, talking like a, to someone like Algernon mm-hmm. where it's the right thing is like to be polite difference, but, you're still the same but, but yes it's not going from no. Jack to Ernest no. that's kind of on topic but yeah, no, that's perfect. So you think that it's okay to somewhat maintain somewhat, somewhat of a different face in different scenarios? Because me, me at school is not exactly the same person as me at home. Exactly. I, mean, I, th- I think that we and, all... and that doesn't mean that you're faking yourself at school. It just means you behave different because of the, the situation and the, the social norms. Yeah. So, that's interesting. Do you think that social norms and a good are social norms good or bad in the sense that you need to maintain a different face in different situations? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I don't think they're necessarily good or bad. Um, you might have some other comments on this, but um, I just think that. Oh, I thought I thought it was that too. If, if I had to say one thing, I would say um, good because good because um they allow you to not be so focused on one thing that you can change like you can do something different with your life rather than doing the same thing over and over again as far as that goes with like the different faces and stuff in different situations um like like at work you're not gonna be the same person as you are at home like i know like like you, you're held to a higher standard. You have to be serious. You have to work hard all the time, but and you can't like say anything. You can't like really voice your opinion in lots of situations. Like, which you is just a have good to go, thing. Yeah, yeah. You just have to go along with whatever the boss does. Like, yeah, yeah. That's what goes. Like, you can't go against it. But at home, you get to like with your family. You can talk. You can open up. It's a lot different. And it's not. A, it's a, not a bad thing. It's how it should be in most instances. Mm-hmm. It's necessary. Yeah. Like, you need to let down at some point. Mm-hmm. But there's also times you need to be serious. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, a, like, a common rule. Mm-hmm. Which I think that's kind of like the whole point of, like, being polite is that it's kind of like an expected thing. Yeah. But that whole dynamic is abused when it becomes to a point of hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is what happened with Jack and Aldrin. Do you guys agree? Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, do you guys have any comments on the novel as a whole that you're like, hey, maybe we can talk about that? Um <clears throat> importance of being earnest my question is is like I know this is, a, this is a Victoria era could this happen in the United States have you guys read Get Great Gatsby at all yeah okay do you think uh, question do you guys think it would be possible for this kind of situation to be in Gatsby world 1920s without the satire um, I think so do you think some of the similar characters like you've got aristocracy you have wealth you have people who you know? Yeah, there's definitely like as far as the um, the wealth thing. Yeah, it's like not as much as it's not as much like most parents aren't gonna be like you can't marry my daughter because of um your stature or whatever. Like what like your wealth like and obviously they don't really have a ultimately nowadays the daughter has to say and the son yeah. they can they get to decide. But it still like exists like there's like a lot of pressure. And also, it can be like, like social dynamics would be different, but somewhat similar. Yeah, and also it can it can not be wealth; it could be race. It can be. Ooh, um, I definitely. Yeah. So okay, so let's, let's maybe we can Americanize the situation. Yeah. Okay, what if, Marshall, you're 
um, what's Nick? Nick's a novel. You can be Nick Gatsby. Remember? Oh, he's kind of he's, he's like, an narrator. Yeah, and then you can be Nick was the guy who narrated. Right? He narrated, yeah. Um, and say I am a black woman from Central New York, and there's like a clerk. And he works with Gatsby, and maybe he set up the lights on his mansion or something. And Gatsby comes by, and Nick's observing. Nick, what would you say? And you just observe the situation goes down. So, say you are Gatsby, um, and I'm a woman marrying this white man over here. Um, in a way, in the same way that Lady Bracknell is kind of like su- supposed as like a, like a. I'm more significant and better than you. Like a, what do you, how would you say that? Like, by pr- by pride, patronizing, and by pride, I am better than you because I am. Um, so say I'm working, I'm setting up these lights and everything, and I'm helping my husband over here. And then, Gatsby, you come along and you're like, hey, uh, you, go up to my room. But then the white man goes over and it's like, just to like maybe stop a bad situation that's maybe about to happen. He's like, hey, she's my wife. Uh, I'd rather her stay here. Gatsby, you'd be like, would you, you'd probably assume authority, right? Yeah. Over that woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and this whole social dynamics would be different. Yeah, but, you know, you still have marriage, you still have mm-hmm. wealth. Yeah. yeah, it'd be different in the 20s. Um, as opposed to um, the 17th century um, England, but I think it would still be similar because um, I think in the England, uh, the English scenario, um, that a, a woman would always be looking for a one-up of what they're at right now, mm-hmm. which in that case would be Gatsby because Gatsby had more money than anyone in that area, which was obvious. I mean, it wore a different thousand dollar suit every single day i mean yeah so you're saying that money is an incentive in both? yeah uh well i would say more so in 17th century england right oh so you take a woman yeah. from there and you pop them in yeah, okay. yeah i would say um because back then it's kind of like the whole entire family like gets that wealth and they get to go up and like they get a rise in like their ranking and stuff because like back then like it's like a huge deal for like daughter like marries into a wealthy family because you're kind of out of the poverty now you get to be you're going to be dependent on that yeah, that's like yeah. a crime and punishment but mm-hmm. it's a uh, lesson and um junia right yeah yeah but nowadays it's not really like that much like they might like give them some money to help them out sometimes but you're not going to be out of poverty it just because your daughter marries someone who has more money the daughter will be but it's not going to be like that for the whole entire family they, they're not like required to support the other family which is like Kind of, that's what I think. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I think that's a great thing. One thing between crime punishment, Gatsby, and this importance of being earnest, I think is that in each society there's like a like a greater sin. And I think maybe in 17th century England or whichever century this in, early um, 19th, would be that um, in England there's like a supposed um, difference between men and women. So that that gender gap right there, I think is you could say like their society sin and that whole aristocracy, the the huge aristocracy in England is that is that is like one of those very base things that America is like we do not like England for that thing that purpose that that monarchical 
um, aristocratic aspect, which America refutes with democracy and representative government, and then basically like going westwards, our whole American patriotism. But then the American sin, you could say, is racism and slavery as much as aristocracy is with England. I don't know if you'd agree with that. And then with Russia, it would be serfdom and all those ideas right there. So what do you guys comment on that? Maybe. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. Um, I think that it's a really good connection um, because they're all similar in some way. I think, like Dustin was saying, the main difference is money isn't as spread throughout the family anymore. And that's pretty much the main difference between all of these three stories. I think it that's the main difference I see other than the fact that Ernest is um, satirical, but it, it's still trying to tell the story it conveys of something that yeah. time. I think all three of them convey a sense of like women having to be dependent on men somehow. Um, I think that it conveys um, how pride creates a social hierarchy, which is negative and bad for humans in general. Yeah. Um, I think each story also conveys like Gatsby, um, Luzhin. And Algernon, like what it means to be a man, mm-hmm. in a way, like like what what is it supposed to be? Like Luzhin, he was he he found his his security in other people and ideas like that. Yeah. Um, and Dawson, what are your last comments? Um, it's definitely like you can find almost any like situation from the past reoccurring like in the future or in different areas of the world. Like how like all these three stories can be connected in ways. Like, it's always going to be there. There's always going to be sin. It's always going to have the same existing issues. It might be different. It might not be, like, people, like, being whipped or people being, like, beaten or, like, completely disrespected, but it's still going to have that issues. And that's something that that's kind of you can connect between the different stories. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. So, I mean, so true that evil is always apparent yeah. in any situation. So looking back in history... You're always going to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that looking back, you're also going to see a bunch of good. Yeah. Like good people who did good things and men who were upstanding. Um, but the hope and the interesting thing that this novel satirizes is um, how the characters play against each other. All right. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. And uh, we will come back later. Exactly. 30.